welcome to Y11 Audio. I'm Alex Alvarado. Thank you for listening. This is Ypsilanti's College Football Podcast, and you can read Ypsilanti's College Football Newsletter at ipsy11.com. 1-0, 33-23. The season officially started over the weekend on Friday with a win over Howard. And EMU is moving in the right direction heading into the year. This is the way that you wanted the season to start out for sure. And they did so. 33-23 over Howard. A quality quality FCS opponent. 5-6 and six last year was their final record. But it's definitely growing under head coach Larry Scott. Like I've talked about it with you before. Lots of returning pieces on both sides of the ball. Well coached team on both sides of the ball. It's fourth year with that coaching staff. So they should definitely be moving like a team that, you know, is hitting its stride in some ways. This is a team that this is this is the identity of them, right? If if I'm looking on the other side, if this is year four of my head coach with all these returning players, I need to see some production. I need to see some fight. They were down really early and they fought back. They didn't come back and win it, but Howard Howard really, you know, proved that they're worthy of a lot of respect in football. So I like the way that the game was played on both sides. It gave Eastern a good chance to really get going on the season, of course, coming away with a win, getting some players ready. Not too many injuries. Andres Posky is the Posky, he's the most notable that I can think of off the top of my head. He went down with the special teams play. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Lots of players were not in the game at all. Mike Linebacker, Chase Klein, kicker Jesus Gomez, cornerback Joshua Scott, lots of new players like receiver Von Swinton, who, you know, we're we're all looking forward to seeing this year. If you check my Twitter, you can see that I, I tweeted out a list of names of, you know, guys that weren't on there, that weren't on the field, that weren't dressed. They're not going to tell me, you know, straight up, hey, you know, these are the guys that are missing for X reasons. These are the guys missing for injury reasons. The point of week one is not to dominate your opponent no matter what. You don't have to maximize all of these players all the time. The way that these teams play in week one, this isn't an Eastern Michigan thing. It is, but it's also just generally how college football works. Your cards are not all on the table in week one. So... I don't know how much of it has to do with injuries on the, how much of it has to do with serious injuries on the roster. I didn't see too many guys, you know, in slings, using crutches to get around. Wasn't too many of that. But you got to remember, you always got to be scouting. You always got to be scouting. So somebody who's coming up on the depth chart, you know, maybe wide receiver two, wide receiver three. If they're not proving commodities on the field, if they're still trying to figure out what their fullest potentials are, the best way to unlock certain players that are still looking to make make a name for themselves, they're not always going to call the plays to get the most out of everybody. Week one versus Howard, let some of the script get on film and let Toledo, Central Michigan, Western figure out their game plans for when Eastern week rolls around. So yeah, sure, you saw 
Tanner Canoe out there lead the way with receiving. He's supposed to. You saw Austin Smith out there take some chances with his arm and with his legs. Didn't always make it all the time. Not all the throws are really his fault, though. He made some good throws, and the receivers didn't always catch. You know, and you saw, um, I'd say, like, a very small rotation on the offensive line. You know, there's some other guys that, you know, like like Chris Mayo and Dan Sunderman, we didn't see them play. So, take it for whatever it's worth. The, the win happened over Howard. You're not supposed to lay all your cards out on the table. Still a good game, a uh, good time to, you know, go out, exercise, have the good win and party afterwards. But it's also good to just figure out your, like, find your problems. Like, where are we going wrong at? You know, do come away with a win, but, like, we got to come back to practice with something to work on and something to work from. You know, it, we, we're not working on, like, a 12-game, like, I don't know, playoff schedule right now. It's not, there, there should be an ebb and flow. There should be things to learn while these rosters are changing hands. I shouldn't say changing hands, but just turning over when guys are coming in, coming out, and you're putting out new pieces that maybe you didn't expect to see in certain situations. Maybe you have a pretty good idea of what they're looking like. Maybe they have a killer camp, but they've never seen this level of, of game before. And so this is a good time to audition that, get the butterflies out. But ultimately, what are the problems that we still have? What are the things that we need to work on? A couple that, that really stand out. One that's gotten most of the discussion, I would think, is the offensive rhythm and how it went essentially like 31 minutes without scoring, right? It went from nine and a half-ish left in the, uh, in the second quarter. Samson had a touchdown score after the safety. Jalen Jackson immediately returned a punt for a touchdown. Austin Smith led the next drive to a touchdown pass over the middle to Tanner Canoe. And then Hamzael Zayat with his 96-yard kick return. By then, 30 points were scored. In like the early second quarter, 9.30 left-ish, somewhere around that time. Emu didn't score again until four minutes left in the game when one Kenyon Boyer, in his first action, in his first field goal attempt of his career as a graduate transfer from Marshall, when he blooped a 25-yard field goal between the uprights, which essentially won the game, you know, was kind of... One of those pressure point situations needed to go up by two scores at that point. You know, so what happened there? Like, what what, what the heck happened there? You know, part of the offensive, offensive inefficiencies, you know, they, they were doing good in the first, you know, first half, really. Um, kind of dwindled a little bit after it reached 30 points through an interception on the next drive. I think Howard, I, I got to give Howard a lot of credit. Like I said, you know, they're a well-coached team. I'm not going to say that and then not give them any flowers for what they did well on the field. I think the best thing that Howard did, especially inside the box, was just mixing up a lot of his pressure situations. They do a lot of like simulated pressures of faking, faking a guy that was going to come in on the right side and then on the snap, 
drop back in the coverage and then bring more pressure on the left. You know, they would apply different pressures from different spots. They would really just screw with the O-lineman's head at the time of the snap. The timings of the blitzes were really, really well done and just well orchestrated. So I think Howard did create a lot of confusion to make a lot of a lot of disruptive plays uh, happen against EMU. This is an EMU O-line that, remember, it's replacing a lot. Revolinsky, Dimitri Douglas, they've, they've played a lot of football, but not nearly as much as Brian Dooley and Alec, Alex Howie on the right side. And Zach Conti, like I said, you know, like you know, this is that was his first time, you know, really getting in into a game, really starting. Most of it has been special teams up to this point. So a chem it's a chemistry group. You all need to be working in unison. You all need to be thinking along the same lines. Against Howard, it's shown that it's not perfect. It's allowed a lot of stops. It allowed, you know, those guys, you know, th that defense got into a rhythm. That defense got into a rhythm. But Samson Evans, Austin Smith, the passing game deep downfield, you know, the getting passes deep downfield, there was only, like, there was the, obviously the touchdown pass to Canoe. That was more of a dart. I'm thinking of, like, you know, go routes, throwing it up. I'm thinking of like one incompletion to J.B. Mitchell, another, J.B. Mitchell should have caught that too, another to Blake Daniels, very, very well covered, you know, and like Creighton said, like he alluded to leading up to the game, a lot of returners in the box leading up to this game for Howard, but the coaching staff strengths, it's coaching that secondary, and they looked really, really well put together. So you mix that together where the offensive line's new. They're still trying to figure things out. The play on, like on the player side, the coaches, of course, they need to, you know, they need to read and examine and figure out the right combinations, the, you know, the rest of the way. Is this going to be the starting five the rest of the way? Doubt it. But you mix that, all the newness there versus the front seven of Howard, which is well coached, knows a lot has a lot of experience, might have a few tricks up their sleeves versus a secondary, you know, if, you know, if, if you have to pass it, you know, try to pass it beyond them, good luck. So EMU, it started the game out with a couple of explosive plays. Didn't really finish with many more. I don't think there were any explosive plays from the first quarter, first, second quarter on offense, Thinking offense only. Like the last explosive play I can really think of um, from Eastern's offense in the first half was that canoe connection for the touchdown. And I don't think there was really another one, at least of significance, until the fourth quarter on that field goal drive when Austin Smith broke contain around like the, I think it happened around the 20 yard line went left and out of bounds near midfield. A couple of decent plays later, you're in, you know, easy 25-yard field goal. The explosive plays were not there for Eastern. They were not there for Eastern. 
Marshall was making sure that was not happening. But Eastern, it just didn't connect on offense. It just didn't. So I don't know how much of it was, you know, the newness of everything mixing together with Howard's, like, good defense. And I don't know how much of it was... I don't know how much of it was Eastern... I don't want to say sandbagging, but you know how I said earlier where you just, you're just you just not trying to put all your cards on the table? I don't think... For as much film as there is on J.B. Mitchell um, for all the games that he's played, for all the film that there is on Hamza El-Zayat in an Eastern Michigan uniform as a receiver, for all the film that's out there as Blake Daniels as a tight end for Eastern, Max Reese as a tight end, you don't really want to add more of that on there, do you? Oh, wait, there's not that much film out there, is there? Well, you don't really want to start a president right now. So you don't really want to, you don't want to have to throw it more than you have to. You never really do, especially for Eastern. I'm sure Eastern would just, if Eastern could run the ball 70% of the time at like a success rate of 70%, 80%, I'm sure they would gladly do that. But that just was really not the case. You know, and the success rate for both teams were there. Howard at 44%, Eastern 43%. Okay, I mean, it should be better, but still, like, they're both playing at the same pace of success on offense. But when you look at the rate of explosive plays both teams ran, Howard was just blowing things up with Eastern for a long time. Only 2% of the time did Eastern run explosive plays. And then for Howard, 10% of the time. 10%, man. And you gotta you gotta configure, you know. So Eastern, you know, they're playing a tough defense. They don't wanna put all their cards out on the table. They don't wanna show Toledo, show Western, show Central just how good of a route runner and how good of a reception all these new players, all these new transfers that we've talked about all winter. You know, the film doesn't have to be out on them just yet. And part of that means they're not going to make a whole bunch of plays for you against Howard either because some of them are not getting dressed. Some of them are just playing special teams only. Still, don't really like to see that. 10%. 10%. And you know what should come to mind? That probably wouldn't happen if we're playing with our full defense out there. And that might be the case. And I'm willing to bet that it's that's definitely a lower rate with Chase Klein out there hanging out in the middle, with Joshua Scott being one of the shutdown corners. Not that I'm upset that we got to see, you know, Daquan White, true freshman, get his first start out there. That was awesome. I'm glad with that, man. He was a he was a great find um this class. And so it was good for, you know, guys like him to, you know, get some action. There were three true freshmen that got some playing time on on defense. Him, Malik Tullis, an interior defensive lineman, and middle linebacker Bryce Eluk. So it was good to see them out there too. Um, but yeah, just moving forward, you just want to see that that explosive play rate. You just want to see that go down, man. You don't want to see Eastern get carved up for you know first play of the game, right? For example, and this is kind of like where you can kind of see. I don't know. Maybe I love. Maybe I'm just like the you know the kind of guy who loves reading too much into little stupid things. But even like the first play of the game, right? Howard 
they unfortunately they, they get a they get a penalty, backs them up five yards. So it's first and fifteen, but it's a nine yard run that they immediately respond with to make it a second and six. Now, they eventually, you know, it's just a three and out situation. They punt out of that. All's good. Seems like a win for, you know, for the defense. But in a normal circumstance, that's first and 10. That brings up second and one on a nine-yard run on the first play of the game. That's not a great way to set the tone for the team. Because that second and one easily turns into first and 10 somewhere else down the field. It almost always does. Gave up a 55-yard run, like the very next drive, I think it was, on a read option. There was one drive that resulted in a touchdown. But before that, I I think there were like two or three 20-plus-yard runs. Like, yeah, you're going to get scored on if that's what happens. So Eastern's got to figure out, you know, Howard, Howard was able to get into some rhythm, right? Obviously, Eastern, the response to, you know, some of the parts that that went wrong was, you know, out of rhythm. Okay, easy to explain and work through, I would assume. I don't know. But Howard was able to get into a rhythm. Like, they were able to get into, of course, they played way more snaps on offense by 20. Thanks to the, you know, the special teams and... EMU's ineffective offense in the third quarter that led to more plays by Howard. Uh, finished with 72 plays of offense as opposed to Eastern's 58. Uh, Rate-wise, similar. Howard was at 5.9, Eastern 5.1. But EPA, man, EPA tells the whole story right there. Um Expected plays, expected points added, I should say. 10.4 for Howard, 1.8, round up to 1.9 for Eastern. Um, yeah, that that right there just tells the story of how little offense Eastern was doing right there in the third quarter and some of the fourth too. But still, a couple of special teams plays, you're able to survive it. I don't know, you shouldn't want to have to bank on special teams though. And so I think that's that's all I want to do. I think I just wanted to do a few notes on this game, just like re-looking at the box score, remembering what happened. And then from here on, let's just move forward. Let's move on to Minnesota week. Let's look forward to that. I'll have my preview up tomorrow on the website. But I just wanted to get some audio notes out for the Howard game. 33-23. EMU's 1-0, doesn't matter how bad they might have looked. Remember, the first half of last season, it was not beautiful. It was not a beautiful start to half to the first half of last season. And still last season, with first half in mind, Toledo loss in mind, it was still one to celebrate. 9-4, bowl win. It was an awesome year. This Howard game is not a crystal ball, okay? It's just one game against one opponent at one or two notches below your talent level. But Eastern, you know, it it had to grow. It had to get some guys out there. It had to, I think, I don't know how many guys were injured, but 
if I were Creighton, I would also tell guys not to dress for this game. Save yourself. Load management. I need you to beat Toledo. I don't need you to beat Howard. I can survive a loss to Howard if it means that you'll be healthy enough come Toledo week. And for the rest of the guys that get to play, congrats. Have fun. Stay healthy. Get upright. Hit well. Do all the things you need to do. Meet your assignments. Make some mistakes. Make mistakes that we can fix, but they better be fixable. Don't make stupid mistakes. Because if you make stupid mistakes and I can't believe in you because, I don't know, your performance in one or two plays against Howard was just so bad that I can't trust you against Central, Ball State, Kent State, Akron. I have to be able to trust you in those games. And this Howard game is a great chance for you, player X, to audition for yourself, whether you're a returner or a newcomer. It's week one. It's a good week. It's something that we waited a really, really, really long time for, man. We waited a really, really long time for. And the thing that's exciting about it and the thing that also kind of stinks about it is that whatever your team looks like in week one is not really like the fullest potential of what you're supposed to be looking at yet. The best games are still ahead. The best matchups, the best game plans, the most exciting finishes, the most thrilling games, those are still ahead. It doesn't have to come against Howard. And you know what? Timely, it sure as hell does not have to happen this Saturday at Minnesota. Because anything, you know, load management theory, player production, huge upsets, great moments, horrible performances, costly penalties, super long field goals. They're all great. They're all crazy. They're all part of this sport. They're all things that we're going to have to deal with. We're going to have to put into a 60-minute window of football. And then at the end of it, we're going to say good performance, bad performance, optimism or negativity moving forward. We'll decide that later. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, man. If you're overreacting about week one, if you're just trying to read too much into this stuff, if you're trying to read too much into who played, who didn't play, who played well, and who played horribly in week one, relax. Relax. It's a long season. It's a long season. And you know what? Let's just be thankful that Eastern did not have to suffer a loss to Howard because that would not have been able to be erased. And you know what else can't be erased? Those two kick returns for touchdowns by Jalen Jackson and Hamza El Zayat. My God, you cannot erase those. You might not be able to do that every week. You might not be able to find 14 plus two free special team scores every week. But man, you cannot erase those from my memory. And if you were at Rynearson, you're going to be talking about those for a long time too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Y11 Audio. If you like what I do, hit subscribe. 
If you love what I do, all I ask for is $6 a month, and you can get it all at ipsy11.com. I'm Alex Alvarado, and thanks again.